It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin in the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. You can also find us on the all-new Himalaya podcast app. And this is the point where I have to remind you, especially with just a few days now before the NFL, to be locked on NFL, locked on NFL draft. Go find those shows, seek them out. And the world is bigger in the NFL than just the Green Bay Packers. I know that that is hard to believe for a lot of people. uh, And that's not something I say lightly because obviously I want you devoting your time to this show. Uh, It's hard enough to catch up on a week's worth of podcasts. Having just gotten back from a mini vacation, uh, I can attest to that. There's like 10 podcasts I need to listen to, and there's going to be 10 new ones tomorrow. And it's it can be hard. I get it. So I, I am always very appreciative of your time. And in that spirit, let's dive right into today's show, which is going to be focused on the 12th pick, what Green Bay could do, what Green Bay should do, what Green Bay might do. And I, I want to dig into the potential options for them. So let's start with the best ones. To me, there are five blue chip players in this draft. Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, Quinn and Williams, and Montez Sweat. Now, we have to, to discuss a little bit this, uh, this, this story that's been out there that there have been some teams that have, that have either dropped or taken Sweat off their draft board because of a heart issue. Uh, we don't know the severity of it. We don't know if most teams are going to clear him. My thing is and always has been, if you're going to clear him in good conscience, if your doctors believe that he can play and that he'll be okay, obviously you don't you don't want to put someone out on the field that you don't think is going to be safe to play. This, this was a fear for Mo Hurst, uh, and, and he fell to the fifth round, was a potential first-round player. Um, it was a fear for C.J. Mosley back in 2014 that didn't go widely reported, but there were some concerns there, and he fell a little bit into the mid-20s. Sweat is going to go in the first round, and if he's there at 12, it's it, it's a no-brainer pick. Now, I think at Oliver at three, he's the third best player in the draft to me. So if he's there, that is that is the no-brainerist of possible no-brainer picks. Yes, I said no-brainerist. That's what it is. It is just if he's there, you take him and you and you figure it out after that. You figure out later where he's going to play and what the fit is with Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. Those three guys can play together and he can give you an heir apparent to Mike Daniels. You can extend Mike Daniels and those three guys can just be your defensive front indefinitely. 
basically, as long as they're healthy, they can all play. So that would be obviously a great option. Now, there has been some late momentum here that New York is interested in Oliver at three. So there is a lot of swirling information and misinformation. It now looks like uh, that Arizona is not going to take Kyler Murray, which in a lot of ways could be good for Green Bay. And here's why. Uh, We're going to get into this a little bit later. But if Kyler does not go number one, then there are going to be teams that are going to try and move up for these quarterbacks, Locke, Jones, and Murray. They're all going to be on the board for someone high enough that teams are going to want to move up. And we've we've seen guys that we thought should have gone one, two, three, four, fall. Deshaun Watson went 12. Patrick Mahomes went 10. It's not crazy to think that Green Bay could be sitting there at 12 and there are teams that are going to give them, you know, a future first round pick for that spot. Now, we're going to talk about the trade down scenario a little bit later, but there is a trickle down effect here. If Murray doesn't go one and then if Oliver goes in the top five, that's going to push other guys down. But so Oliver and Sweat are the if they're there, you take them in that order. If Oliver's there, take him. If Sweat is there, take him. And you can you can figure out the the fit. You can figure out the fit for Sweat as well. Sidarius Smith is big enough. He can play. He's going to play a lot as an interior pass rusher anyway. Maybe he can play more down-to-down as an interior player at 6'5", 270-plus with long arms. Can he play five technique? You heard the discussion I had with Pres- about Preston Smith and – I thought coming out of college, maybe he should have been a five technique. Maybe he can do a little bit more of that interior pass rush play, and you can get those three guys on the field at once. I have made the case before that I that I feel like a pass rusher in that spot, if he's going to play 40% of snaps, is maybe a luxury, and, and maybe too big a luxury, despite the fact that that position is of the utmost importance in the NFL. Well, I think someone like Sweat is worth that. I think he can force his way onto the field. I think he's that good that he's just going to play and he's going to have an impact wherever you put him on the field. So if he's there, you, you take him unless Oliver is also there. But then there is this next group, this next group of guys to me, the red chip players. They're going to have multiple guys on this list available to them at 12, the next seven guys I have on the list, DK Metcalf, Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard, Cleland Farrell, Dalton Reisner, Dwayne Haskins, Devin Bush, TJ Hawkinson. We don't need to relitigate the quarterback thing. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to go high, but he could also be a player. If Murray, the Raiders, let's say, take Murray at four and the Giants don't take a QB at six, all of a sudden teams are going to want to move up. And if teams are going to want to move up, it makes it easier for teams who want to move down. The thing about every every time you hear a team say, or, or there's a report, Team X wants to move down. Well, a lot of teams want to move down. You have to find a team willing to move up. If the quarterback market materializes in a, in a way that it could and, and is potentially likely now if Arizona is not going to take Murray because San Francisco is not going to take him either and New York's not going to take him. But there could be someone could trade up to try and get past the Raiders. There could be this whole cascading effect that not taking Murray at one could create here. So of those guys, 
who are the players Green Bay could have most interest in? Well, I don't think DK Metcalf at 12 makes sense for them. Uh, although I think he is an incredibly talented player who would be an ideal fit as a field-stretching monster opposite Devontae Adams. I think the Josh Gordon comparisons are apt. If he starts falling, if he starts falling into the mid to late 20s, you, you trade up for that guy. I'm serious. You just, you do. And tight end, whatever. I mean, really? I mean, you heard the case Ben Fennell made last week. You can, you can get those guys. You can figure out those things with tight end. Matt LaFleur is going to scheme some of these people open. After that, the, my seventh best player on the board is Jonah Williams. The eighth best, Andre Dillard. So they're neck and neck. I think Williams can play tackle. Dillard is a tackle. I think I have Jonah Williams this high because I think he can be a good tackle if that's what you want him to be. But I think he can be a legit Pro Bowl right guard. I think he can walk in day one and be your right guard for the next decade. So if they think Billy Turner is a right tackle, and but you but they're more comfortable with him as a guard this year and a swing tackle, then you have the best of both worlds because you have two guys who can each play the other's position and vice versa. They can they're interchangeable pieces and the best player can play. We talked a little bit about this last week. If, however, it is the case that they they view Turner as a guard, then Dillard makes a ton of sense at 12. And remember, we're talking about two guys that I think are top 10 talents that Green Bay is getting at 12. If somehow, now I have 13 players with either blue or red chips. So Green Bay is going to be sitting there at 12 with one of those guys available to them, especially because only one of those dudes is a quarterback. And there could be three guys, maybe four, who go in the top 12. That's why there are scenarios like Ed Oliver being in play for Green Bay. That's why there are scenarios like Montez Sweat being in play for Green Bay because these quarterbacks are going to push some of these other players down the list. So so right now we have Ed, Ed Oliver, Montez Sweat, Jonah Williams, Andre Dillard. Those are the best options in that order. That is what I would consider the Packers draft board and the Jonah Williams-Andre Dillard thing is contingent on what they think their plan is with Billy Turner. Because you need to know who you're drafting and who they're replacing, what their role is going to be. I think a future right tackle has a little bit more value, even though I think they're similar as prospects. A future right tackle has a little bit more value, even though I think Jonah Williams is the slightly better prospect. There's also the athleticism to consider. Andre Dillard is a 100% Packers athlete, and Jonah Williams isn't. Now, could he be the kind of guy that you make an exception for, a guy that Profiles very similar physically to Brian Bulaga. Yeah, I think I think he is. But would they be willing to do it at 12? That's the question that I just can't answer. There are a couple names that I haven't brought up yet. And they are names that Packer fans are very interested in. And to me, they're just lower on the list. They're just lower on the, pri- not just the priority list, but the prospect list, the quality of their prospect status is just lower than these players. And we're going to talk about them right after this. 
The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So I think the, the big names... In that list of guys that that I mentioned that are, you know, on the minds of Packers Twitter and Packers Talk Radio and, you know, podcast commentary sections, Devin Bush, TJ Hawkinson, Brian Burns. Now, I have Bush and Hawk in that red chip tier. They are the bottom of it, but they are in that tier. Now, I have a secondary tier, guys just who are really good, really good, just outside the top tier of talent. There's two safeties in that list, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Jonathan Abram, Brian Burns, Nikhil Harry, and Noah Fant. Those guys are right outside that upper echelon of dudes, and they're they're pretty pretty similar. I think those guys in the red chippers are, you know, they're a tier above. That's why I tiered them. That's what the tier is for, is to designate that. I would take Bush or Hawk over Brian Burns. For the reasons that I have stated over and over on this show, I don't think Burns is as talented as someone like Sweat. I don't think he's as polished. I don't think he plays as hard. I don't think he's as versatile. And I just don't see him as coming in and taking snaps away. He's not going to force his way onto the field the way that I think Montez Sweat would. But someone like Devin Bush probably does. 
they find a way to get him on the field. They TJ Hawkinson makes his way onto the field. There, there are names that I think are interesting. There's just going to be other better players available. They're just, I mean, at least the way that I'm looking at the draft, just by definition, there are going to be better players. There are too many of them. There are too many better players for them not to be. So even if, even if all of the players in my top 11 go top 11, which is not going to happen. TJ Hawkinson would be a spot outside the 12th pick. Devin Bush would be 12. I have Devin Bush 12, Hawk 13, Burns 15. But remember, in a lower talent tier, I find it hard to believe Bush is going to be the most impactful player that Green Bay can draft at that spot. Does it mean he, he wouldn't be useful? Does it mean they wouldn't be interested? No, I think... He would be useful, and the Packers would be interested. I just think there are better players at premium positions. And although Green Bay has struggled to, and really not cared, frankly, about filling that linebacker spot, you can get players later in the draft. You can get linebackers. You can find linebackers later in the draft. Green Bay thinks they have a linebacker in Oren Burks, a useful player, they hope, they think. Blake Martinez for whatever Packers fans think about him, at least for now, he is a starting middle linebacker, a starting inside linebacker. Is he going to get a contract extension? We'll see if Green Bay drafts Devin Bush. Maybe they don't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they think differently about him. Maybe that's an indication of how they feel about him. I don't see it. I just don't see it. It would be pretty out of character for Green Bay to take a player like Bush. I think it would be pretty out of character with Hawkinson, except Ted Thompson always prioritized the trenches. And this is something that I hear from fans all the time. Offensive and defensive line. Well, TJ Hawkinson is one of the best two-way tight ends to come out of the draft in a long time. And he helps in the trenches in an offense where you need a tight end who can block people. So he, he helps at right tackle as a tight end because he can combo block. He can help. He helps you in the run game. He makes your offensive line better because you have another movable piece that can come and block for you. Now, I, I also think that you can get tight ends later in the draft. We've seen this over and over. The best tight ends are second, third, fourth, late day three undrafted free agent players. Rarely are they first round picks. So there is no Tony Gonzalez in this draft. TJ Hawkinson is not that. He's a really good player. And I, I really like TJ Hawkinson. And I think if Green Bay took him at 12, he would be really good in this offense. The fit, he can be your secondary option after Devontae Adams who Tyron Matthews said is a top two receiver over the weekend on Twitter. I don't know if you caught that. And then Aaron Jones quote tweeted and said, and he's not number two. Finally, Devontae Adams getting the respect that he deserves. There is a case for taking Hawk at 12. I've made it on this show. I just think there are going to be better players. It's the same case I've made all year. All offseason, I know that there are people that love Hawkinson and they, he fits a need and and would be just an ideal chess piece in this offense for Matt LaFleur. There's going to be better players. 
there's just going to be better players at positions where Green Bay needs better players. It is a luxury they simply can't afford. Now, if they can get a pick, if they can move down, now suddenly we're having very interesting conversations about the possibility of adding someone like TJ Hawkinson. So let's talk about some of those scenarios. Green Bay at 12. There is the convince the Dolphins that there are other people trying to move up and you trying to con- you try and convince them to give you a third round pick. Something like that. Just to move up, just to be sure that they get Drew Locke or whatever. But it sounds like Miami is not interested in that. It sounds like Miami is in full tank mode. They're not going to give up picks for a quarterback. They are tanking for Tua, waiting on Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're interested in a quarterback this season. Washington is. Now, Washington, we thought, was going to be a potential Josh Rosen suitor. It seemed like a lot of people felt like that was the most likely destination. I really liked that pairing. I thought if you're going to get someone to come in and and run that Jay Gruden offense that could give you that Kirk Cousin 4,000-yard type season. Josh Rosen is a really good candidate to do that. It looks like Arizona is going to stick with Rosen. For myriad reasons, that makes sense. I'm not going to get into that. If you want, you, I, I have gone on multiple twi- Twitter screeds about this. So if you want to delve into it, go there. That's fine. This is This is not the time or the place for that. Washington gives up their third round pick, which would give Green Bay two picks back to back, 75 and 76. They could then use that pick at 15 on Devin Bush, on TJ Hawkinson, on Noah Fant, on Chauncey Gardner Johnson. There's going to be a lot of options for Green Bay. Now, the reason I don't love a trade down is. As I said, I think they're going to be in position to get a top three potential player. I mean, if Ed Oliver's there, you can't trade down. If Montez Sweat is there, you can't trade down. The question is going to be if you're sitting there at 12 and Jonah Williams and Andre Dillard are on the board and you are not going to re-sign Brian Bulaga, how can you pass on those guys knowing that their top 10 talents, now they may not see them that way, I do, but by all accounts, they're legitimate first-round dudes, and there is a significant offensive line talent drop after the first round, really. So could they could they hope that Caleb McGarry or Chris Lindstrom is there at 30? Sure they could. Could they wait for 44 and hope that Caleb McGarry or Chris Lindstrom are there? Sure they could. Is that a big gamble? Yes. And is there a significant difference between those guys and their ceilings and Jonah Williams and Andre Dillard and their ceilings? Yes, there is. So the trade down only works if they don't either A, love those guys, they don't see the positional value, or they get a godfather offer. They get that New Orleans Saints offer, that future first round pick offer. And there have been a lot of people that have said, well, what if the Raiders offer 24 and 27 for 12? I, it doesn't really do anything for me. They have 30. 
So if what you want is an extra, like, what are you really gaining there? I would rather have 12 and the opportunity to get that blue chip player if it's if it exists, if it's there, if that opportunity presents itself or a top 10 player, top eight player, then go and, and at 24 and 27 have a couple more bites at the apple. I want to add a blue chip talent if I can. Now, if I can't, if I don't like any of my options, yeah, okay, let's talk Oakland. Give me some of those picks, three first round picks. That would be fun. And and you add, you know, Noah Fant is there at 24. You be, you get one of the safeties at 27 or one of the offensive linemen. Like if you came out of the first round with Noah Fant, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and Chris Lindstrom, that's a pretty good first round. But if you could get one of those guys, you could get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at 30, or you could get Noah Fant, or I think those are those are in play. This first round is so jumbled. There's so many different opportunities and scenarios because there isn't a consensus on really anything outside of Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, and Quinn and Williams. I think most people believe that Oliver is in that group or near it. After that, no one really, there's no consensus. And so players could go, we think that are, that are going to go six, could go 26. They could go 46. It happens every year. We saw it last year. Harold Landry fell into the second round. We thought Cortland Sutton was going to be, you know, had the potential to be a, a top 10, top 15 pick. He falls. Josh Jackson, a top 10, top 15 pick. He falls into the second round. There are always players who are going to fall. And I don't want to get into all of the trade-up scenarios from 30 because I want to save that for the show tomorrow. But there are some interesting scenarios. If you move from 12 to 15, get that extra third and then use that extra third to go from 30 into the 20s and you can get you know, 15 and a, and a low 20s pick, you have the opportunity to add some major talent to your team. The question is, what are you passing on? And to me, at 12, there is going to be primo talent there. Unless I'm getting a godfather offer, I'm just, I'm staying put and I'm picking. I'm staying put and I'm picking the guy because I think if I'm Green Bay, I have a guy on my list who is much higher than 12 who is going to be available, especially with the quarterback market shaking out the way that it looks like it's going to. We're going to be back tomorrow, the 30th pick. What Green Bay can do, what their options are, who the players that could be available. And and that's going to be an interesting discussion because it's hard to peg. It's hard to pin down who those guys are because there is such a broad range of opinions from 5 to 50. You could have the same player in in the opposite end of the spectrum as someone else who is smart and, and knows what they're talking about. It's just one of those drafts, and that's where the value is. It's what makes 30 so valuable. It's what makes having two picks in that range so valuable for the Packers. So a lot to talk about on the show tomorrow. Remember, we're going to have an instant reaction show Thursday night. It'll basically be the Friday show. It'll just come out early, so keep an eye out for that. Same thing Friday night. Easiest thing to do, just subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on the all-new Himalaya podcast app. They have curated playlists of podcasts just for you. So check that out. Uh, Rate us, review us, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, You can like us on Facebook. Let other people know that that you're enjoying the show. It's Make a Friend Monday. So go tell a friend about Locked on Packers. This is a great week to get 
involved in the show because this is this is the time of year we really thrive. This is the time of year where you need to be dialed in, where you need to know what you're looking at when it comes to these draft picks so that you can talk intelligently about them because we're going to have weeks to dissect it, weeks to talk about it, and you're going to want to know. You're going to want to be up to speed. If you're not up to speed and your friends aren't up to speed, you want to have friends that, that are up to speed to talk about it with. Yeah, you want to be the smartest of your friends when it comes to the Packers, but you want to have smart friends to talk to. So friends, don't let other smart friends not listen to Locked on Packers. So go make a friend. Let them know. They should be subscribed and listening to Locked on Packers. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to always stay Locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.